like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. And we are here this week, uh, continuing the April 2021 Drawing Conclusions Month, where we are talking about Fantastic Planet from 1973. We'll be getting into our full review, uh, first spoiler-free, and then with spoilers a little later in the episode. But before we do that, Corey and I like to catch up to see how things have been going and see what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. So, Corey, how are you doing? I had a rough week. <laughs> um I had to go to the office this week and it really kicked my butt. Like every day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was training someone. So uh, I was waking up an hour before I had to anyway, which the hour I had to was ungodly anyhow, which who am I to complain to you? Because you get up at like, I don't even Five. think you sleep. 520 oh. is when I get up. Gross. Gross. <laughs> so I can't. I can't, guys. I'm not a morning person. I would rather work in the morning and have the evenings off. But you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's just way too early for my brain to whatever. But I was waking up at 5 anyway. But I had to be up at 6.30. But I'm a glutton for punishment. So I just lay in bed and pretend like I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. This is my life. One out of five mornings, I actually did go back to sleep. But... I just couldn't sleep. And then, you know, it takes me like 45 minutes to get to work because of traffic. <sighs> and then I, it takes me 45 minutes to get home. And it's just, oh, man, I don't take working at home for granted. But I cannot wait to, you know, work in leggings and an oversized sweatshirt next week. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's what I was doing. I felt like I was in a fog all week. How are you? <laughs> Um, I'm okay. We had a, a busy week at work. I had actually taken an extra day off this week um, oh, nice. because I, I had planned on getting my second shot on Monday, but I ended up getting it early because when we recorded last time, I was actually recovering from my shot. You know, I had a little headache or whatever, um, but I'd already taken that Tuesday off for recovering for the shot from Monday. And I was like, you know what? I deserve a day off. I, I haven't taken a, a sub day in a long time. Um, so I took Tuesday off, which... I, it was too nice. I had, it was too uh, comfortable not having to do stuff for the first time in a long time. Cause even when I was like, I had missed, I was quarantined for like 14 or something days back in September because my wife had been diagnosed with COVID. So I had to stay home. And then there was all the, like this timetable. I had to wait until she was better before I was cleared to start my like 10, but I had to work all of those days just remotely, you know, like I did online classes and stuff. So I hadn't been off of teaching since like, I don't know. I mean the summer technically, but that just doesn't feel like it. But, um, cause even then I was doing zoom meetings all the time for getting stuff ready for this year. And, uh, I think Tuesday was one of the first times where I like, I actively was avoiding doing anything with work and that was really nice. But then it just set my week off weird. Cause it was like, I was, at, I was at work Monday, then Tuesday I wasn't. 
And then Wednesday we had testing, like state testing, and it was an ordeal, and it was it was it's always chaotic, but it felt particularly chaotic because I was off Tuesday and then came into chaos. So it was just like ah frustration. So Thursday and Friday were were a little rough uh, this week. Um, and uh, on the bright side, though, is um, in my film three honors class, uh, we have we have transitioned from doing social problem uh, films, which are that was the genre we studied most of the year. And we're focusing on like independent films. And I showed them uh, Lulu Wang's um, The Farewell starring Aquafina. And uh, it, it's funny because I only have 10 kids in that class total. Uh, they've been with me for four years. Uh, we, we're really close, but only two of them are currently coming to school. The rest are all at home. And um, on Thursday, which is when I have my even classes and when I have that class, only one of them was on campus, but we watched the movie on the big screen together in the classroom. And uh, luckily, because we've we've she's been in my class for four years, it wasn't super. It would have been awkward if it was like a freshman, but it's a senior who I've I've had for four years and is a really good student. And so it's still kind of weird because it's just like two of us watching a movie together. But um, and then like everyone else is on the Zoom call watching it on their own, on their own computers, and as, assumably at the same time, but there's no way for us to sync it up or whatever. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if you've seen The Farewell, but it, it's a movie that I think everyone should definitely check out. It's it's really, really well made. It's such a compelling story. Um, and uh, I'm very excited because next week uh, we're, we're going to watch Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, which is a very tough movie that is an independent film, but it also does fall into the social problem genre. Um, and uh, I just watched, I rewatched a scene of it today, uh, prepping lessons and stuff. And I, I almost like, I, I watched like the most emotional scene in the movie. Um, and like, I almost broke down just watching like the 30 seconds of it. it I, that movie, if it came out last year, um, is just phenomenal, and I, I really think everyone should watch it. Um, I think it's on HBO Max, but if not, you can definitely rent it digitally, but uh, never rarely, sometimes always, I'm prepping for next week. And in film, uh, I'm sorry, no, in visual tech, which is my first year group, that's, they, they've never been in my program before, it's their first time, we are uh, starting with um, Jaws, and then going into Raiders of the Lost Ark with a little Spielberg study, and Watching Jaws with a large, th those classes, I have a lot of students on campus, right? Like I have, I think, uh, 16 in my my third period class. And watching them watch Jaws uh, Monday and then we finished it today was so great. Um, especially there's like two kids that were like really, really into it. And you could see it on their faces that every scare, every laugh, they were just on board with Jaws. And that for me is amazing because that's one of my favorite movies. So like watching someone else discover how excellent it is for the first time is a really cool experience. And one of the, my favorite reasons for teaching film is getting to uh, see those reactions. And for me, who loves going to the theater, as much as I complain sometimes about the people there, I do love the communal reactions when it's all positive. You know, when people are on the same page about a movie, it's so great. And I haven't had that feeling for a year. So today was like the first time I've really had a large group of people watching a movie together and it was great. Um, so those were, those were positive parts of the week, but otherwise it was, it, it had some rough moments. It was a week. It was a week uh, to say the very, very least. 
Um, so much so that I, I was looking at my uh, Letterboxd diary and I, I, I hadn't even realized I haven't watched a movie in three days because I've been oh. so busy since tu- since Tuesday. I haven't watched a movie since Tuesday because I've been so busy. I haven't had a block of time long enough to watch a movie. <laughs> Um, and I, I hadn't realized it, but on, on the other hand, I watched a lot of movies. I still watched seven movies since we last recorded, but I crammed a couple into like a single, like I watched two on Tuesday and I watched, uh, I think three on Sunday. So I got, I got them in, but it was still like, oh man, I didn't realize it'd gone that long without watching one. Um, so I guess with that, you want to get into what we've been watching? Yeah. You want to go first or second? I'll go first. All righty. I never remember who went first, like half the time, but we, no idea. We talked about this a little bit and I told you I was going to watch it. And then I did watch it. Um, they have the Val Luton collection on shutter this month. Oh, guys, I, we might have some overlap, Corey. (gasps) Probably not. I only watched one. Oh, if you like horror, like all subgenres of horror, and you have $5 a month. Like, we are not affiliated with them. But I love Shudder. And it's even cheaper. It's like $4 a month if you pay for a year. So I'm just continually impressed by all the things that they get. So they got this Val Luton collection. And I know you're a fan. And you've told exactly. me to watch the cat people. So I did. And good, bad? I liked it. I'm still thinking about it. Um... I definitely want to dive into some of his other movies. I like, I mean, it's an old movie, I guess. Mm, um, 1939 or 1941? I can't remember for sure. I think it's 42 or 41, but. Something like that. I like how it's not concrete what's kind of happening or. Yes. Like what's going on. I like that a lot about it and what is it like 72 minutes or something yeah a lot of them are under uh under they're all almost under 90 minutes um and just for the listener val luton is a producer not director not and technically he is a screenwriter for a lot of these but he he didn't do the formal screenwriter is more he's credited a story if anything um and uh, the best way to learn about val luton is to check out the secret history of hollywood shadows um is the series uh, he does different series and that series he does an extensive life story of Val Luton. It's amazing. Um, and then I still haven't seen all the movies, but I've seen a few now, um, which I'll get into in a moment. And um, the documentary about Val Luton uh, that Martin Scorsese, I think narrates um, definitely uh, a, f- a film person that a lot of people were unaware of. Hence the name shadows. Uh, he worked for RKO and, basically ran their B movie horror films, but made movies that were not B movies, but it was a B division. That was the budget level. Uh, and that's why a lot of them are so short because they were meant to run after an A movie. Um, Interesting. But he didn't, he was a better producer and writer than that. So that you don't get B movies with his stuff, but. Um, I watched the haunting of Julia also on shutter um, has Mio, Mia Farrow in it. I've only seen Rosemary's Baby with her as far as I know. So, and I need to rewatch that. I think that I was too young when I watched it the first time and I just didn't really appreciate it for all that it is. So that's also on my to watch list again. Um, 
and I went to the movies last night. Oh, what? And it was glorious. And I went to a theater that is closer than Regal. So I love Regal. It has ours has twenty two screens plus an IMAX, and I just love it. Um, but there's a theater that is so much closer to me, and they have recliners. Ooh. And they're heated. Ah. And I'm like 87 years old, and I was just so comfortable and toasty for the whole movie. Um, so we went to see The Unholy. <laughs> so, I mean, I see a lot of horror movies, and it definitely isn't the worst that I've seen. That's good. Definitely not the best. I'd say it's like average. It's very fun with the friends that I went with, though. They're in my pod, guys. Um, that they like are so reactive to jump scares and stuff. So that's really fun to me. And Kinda it's like... worth noting. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean. I'm not trying to cut you off, but uh, listener Corey is vaccinated, and I'm sure wore a mask the whole time. My friends are vaccinated as well. Um, very good. And it's a very small. It was a very small screening room, but I was kind of scared because when we were like trying to book tickets, it was a hot mess because people kept snatching tickets because there were only like five rows. And I was like, I cannot sit that close to the screen. But the since they're all recliner seats, we weren't that close to the screen at all. So that yeah, was rad. Re- recliner seats on the front row aren't as bad as the old days because you, you're kind of just like looking up at the screen at least versus like sitting upright and then craning your neck back. You're like recline back looking up at the screen that's not as bad oh i was so comfortable but that's what i've been watching very very good very good um i've before i get into the movies i've been watching i i've been really hooked on search party um i am through through season three i'm i think two episodes into season four which is the final current season i think they're doing season five but uh once i finish season four i will be uh through with what's available to me and I'm, I'm excited about finishing it because I, I want to start invincible, but I'm waiting to start invincible till I finish um, search party because it's like, it's really compelling. In fact, I, part of the reason I haven't watched a movie is that I'll like, well, I just want to watch one episode and that kind of wrecks any kind of timetable for the movies the last couple of days. But, um, and then I was going to watch uh, a movie tonight and, got out of hand stuff kept happening where i was like oh i can't i have to do this first and i gotta get this done um i just realized something i didn't do now that i'm like crap uh but um so then i was like oh well i'll watch an episode of search party but i couldn't do it because then i realized i had forgotten today was friday in episode four of bucky and the winter soldier or the winter soldier falcon and the winter soldier that's what it's called bucky is the winter soldier um came out today and i was like well i need to watch that before it gets spoiled because i know the internet's horrible with the disney plus spoilers um and so uh i i watched that just before recording and man i i like the show i i'm a fan of the the whole captain america movies like i like all of them including the first one that some people kind of downplay i think the first one's very good i love civil war no sorry i love winter soldier i like civil war um and then I, I obviously like the Avengers films and um, I, I really am digging this show. I don't think it's perfect or anything, but I think the action sequences are really good. And I, I like the direction the show seems to be going. It is suffering from um, the pandemic because they weren't done filming stuff and, and they couldn't because this is a much more live action based show. 
and they weren't able to do certain things. And also, apparently, from what I've heard, there was a plot line that involved like a virus that they decided they had to scrap because of the pandemic because <laughs> they're like, oh, this isn't okay. It was just like a weird coincidence um, that it played out that way. But apparently stuff I didn't really notice, but like I've seen, there's so many people like super analyzing this on like TikTok and stuff. So I've, I've heard a lot. I don't know how much of it's accurate, but it's, it's somewhat interesting to hear people's like in analysis. And sometimes it's like, dude, you got to chill like 20, 20 videos on TikTok about, this one episode is too much for me. Like, I, I don't think that much on this show. Like it's good. I'm, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. You know, like that's how I mostly feel about the Marvel cinematic universe in general. I, I don't like, I'm not sweating it. Like I'm just, I just like to enjoy it because that to me is the fun part is they're doing a really good job writing it. I don't need to try to figure out what they're going to do. I'm just going to see what happens. And if I don't like it, I'm still just going to move on. That's what I did with Thor 2 and Iron Man 2. I was like, all right, cool. Don't like this one. Next. And if I like it, then cool. It goes to the collection and I move on. So that's for me. Everybody else can do whatever they got to do. We all know you're a completionist and that even if you didn't really like it, you'd still buy it. That is true. Especially I do own all the Marvel movies. Um, But that's not (laughs) Neither here to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, though, I bought Iron Man 2 before I saw it because I didn't make it to the theater for that one because that was when Taylor was still really young. And I don't remember why we we saw Iron Man. In fact, Iron Man was the first movie I took her to the theater to see and she was way too young. But um, no such she enjoyed it. Uh, she enjoyed it. And side note, uh, related um, and kind of sad, uh, I realized uh, Taylor's birthday was Wednesday. She turned 17. Can't handle it. And the only thing that you really get extra when you turn 17 is that you can go to Rated R Movies by yourself. Yes. You buy your own Rated R ticket. I mean, that's pretty good. We'll take yeah, it. But it's really good when the when theaters the are open. open and you can go. And so right now, uh, our local theater is not open yet. And she's not vaccinated yet. Uh, although that's something we're looking to do the Pfizer because that is apparently 17-year-old is approved for that. Um, I... But I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was wondering about that because we've kind of talked about her getting vaccinated. But like here, I'm pretty sure that it's open to anyone 16 and up. But I don't know anything about. Yes, that is our understanding as well. It's just been uh, it's really packed. It's like Mm. Kathy hasn't got uh, Kathy just got an appointment tomorrow for the Johnson and Johnson shot. So that is our current goal is to get her hers tomorrow, which I think for Kathy, the one shot is the way to go. Um. I think that's more in her like temperament. Um, so that's going to work out well. And I'm vaccinated and then we want to get Taylor vaccinated. But um, but she's being all grown this week because uh, her, her big birthday present was I got her a gaming laptop. And um, she wanted a desk for her room, even though it's a laptop. She wanted to be able to like set it somewhere safe when she's not using it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we got her a desk, like a cheap, you know, cheap desk from Walmart or whatever. And uh, I got it Wednesday for her birthday. Like, I went and got it while they were out getting stuff or whatever. And um, I didn't get to put it together Wednesday, the desk. Uh, but the computer wasn't going to be here till today anyway, so it was no big deal. And then yesterday I was going to – I had plans with a friend. And she's like, I think I can put it together. I'm like, uh, maybe maybe wait. You know, wait. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm not real handy. Like, I the, the furniture we have is, is assembled – but it's it's got its you know waivers or whatever. It's never perfect when I assemble things. I'm aware of this. Um, but she did it. Uh, she put her desk together on her own. So she's getting all grown up and doing stuff. I'm just like, all right, all right, all right. 
don't need me anymore, but it's fine. Um, I, I, I'm actually really proud that she did it because uh, one, I hate doing it. And two, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a big step. You know, that's a big thing. Like I remember the first time I put something together like that, it was a big deal. You know, um, I don't know. I can't remember for sure. I feel like I was probably like a, uh, in high school because I, I was pretty independent with stuff like that um, at some point. And uh, I think it's good to learn, you know, it, when you, you don't want to learn when you buy your first apartment and you're like trying to get it together and you're crying because you've never done it before. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, so that's what shows I've been watching. But movies, I watched three Val Luton films, um, two back to back because they are so short. Um, I watched I Walk With a Zombie. Now, I've already seen <gasps> I the cat see people. And I've already seen Bedlam. Um, and Bedlam's really cool because that's based on an actual uh, murder trial. Um, what? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, it's it's fictionalized, but it's based on a, uh, a actual murder. Um, oh, I guess Taylor's boyfriend is here. Um, I Walk With a Zombie is excellent. I really, really like that one a lot. Um, I thought that was super interesting. I watched The Leopard Man. Um I wasn't as drawn into the leopard man. It's still really good, but I was, I think I was just kind of mentally distracted. Um, and by the end of the film though, I was very into it, but I, I did kind of like in the middle waver off a little bit. Um, but then I also watched the seventh victim and that one did not grab me till about three quarters of the way through. And then the ending, I was like really hooked and it was just like, wow, this ending is so, so crazy. I did not see that coming. Um, but then, uh, for the blank check podcast, that's not the one I do. That's when I listen to, um, they're doing Elaine May, and I watched her first film, New Leaf, for the last last week. But this week, uh, they're they're reviewing The Heartbreak Kid. Um, now, Ben Stiller remade this movie with um, the uh, he didn't direct that one, but um, oh, I'm going to forget who the directors were. They're they're the Farrelly brothers, I think, did it. Uh, and I I saw that one, and I liked it when I saw it. Now, I had not seen Elaine May's original, and it's really hard to see Elaine May's original um, legally. Because it's out of print, uh, it's not on any digital service, and like buying the DVDs like thirty bucks or more. So I didn't want to do that, and I did watch it on YouTube. So I did technically, it's not legal because it's not supposed to be on YouTube. But I didn't like download it or anything. I just I I literally Googled it. It popped up. I'm like I'm gonna see if it actually works, and it worked. Um, so I really like the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, the original version is definitely better seeing both now, but um, I do think. I laughed more at the modern one, but it's cause it's like stupid comedy um, where this one is a little more subtle with the, the jokes. And so I didn't laugh quite as frequently, but that not to say it's not very, very good. Um, but I, so far I, I've liked both Elaine May films. She's only got four and the fourth one is supposed to be the, like the insane one uh, has a legacy behind it. But um, then uh I, I because of blank checks Patreon, I'm also watching the Star Trek movies, and I just watched the fifth one. Corey, do you know the premise of the fifth Star Trek film, The uh, Final Frontier? No. Okay, so the crew of the Federation starship Enterprise is called to Nimbus Three, the planet of intergalactic peace. They are to negotiate in a case of kidnapping, only to find out that the kidnapper is a relative of Spock. This man is possessed by his lifelong search for the planet Shakari which is supposed to be the source of all life. In other words, he's looking for God. And it's, it gets a little wild. That's all I'll say. Um, it's, it's one of the more reviled of the Star Trek movies, from what I understand. Uh, it has a 2.4 user rating on Letterboxd. 
Um, I still enjoyed it, but it's definitely one of the campier movies. Uh, it's not my favorite movie by any means, but um, I've got one more of the original cast films because they did six. Uh, so I got one more of those and I'm done with the original Star Trek uh, cast. And I want to keep going with the series. I haven't watched one for about two weeks now. I just been hooked on search party, but um, I, I do enjoy the show a lot. So, and then the last thing I watched was the movie we're about to talk about. So I think with that, we should take a quick commercial break or you know kind of commercial whatever you want to call it and when we come back we will get into our review of fantastic planet so we are back um and fantastic planet from 1973 is an animated film because that is the whole theme for april 2021 it is uh drawing conclusions Corey picked Fantastic Planet. Um, it is on the Criterion box set. I kind of want to buy the box or the Criterion movie now. Um, the premise is on a faraway planet where blue giants rule. Oppressed humanoids rebel against their machine-like leaders. It has a 73 Metascore, a 7.8 IMDb user score. Um, it stars people that I don't know. Um, they might be famous. I guess I'll read some of the names. Uh, Jennifer Drake, Eric Boggin, Jean Topart. It might be Topar. Uh, Jean Valmont. Sylvie Lenore, Michelle Shahan, Yves Basarak, and it's directed by Rene Lalou. I'm not sure if I said that right. Does that look right to you in French? Lalou, L-A-L-O-U-X, Lalou? Uh, yeah, I think I watched a video on it, and I think that's how they said it, Lalou. Um, written by Stefan Wool and Roland Topor and others. Um, So... This movie, uh, one, I didn't realize how old the Cannes Film Festival was until watching the beginning of this movie. And it's like originally screened at Cannes in 1973. I'm like, oh, I, I had no idea that festival was that old. I knew it was one of the more prestigious festivals, but I didn't realize it's a uh, long legacy of being a festival. Um, I have to imagine it's one of the earliest film festivals. I have not done any researching on that. I'm just guessing. But uh, Corey, you picked this. Um, what what? drew you to this one out of all the the animated films we haven't seen in our lifetime <laughs> okay so every every time that we have like a Just 50 per, a half off criterion sale um i you know i look at it i want to buy it i've put it back so many times so many times i don't know why i think i was burned by that movie good time uh, not good time i want to say that me it's meantime yeah. isn't it I think you are correct. I think it's meantime. Meantime. Um, sorry, good time. Um, sorry, Robert Pattinson. Um, and I just always put it back. So I was like, you know what? We're gonna watch it. Um, I knew it was gonna be weird because of the art. I do love the box art. Yeah, I like the art in general, actually, uh, in the movie as well. Agreed. So that's why we're watching it, folks. So. Just to clarify, did you buy it and that's why we're watching it? Or you you were like, I need to watch it to decide I should buy it or not? I was like, I've been intrigued by this movie for a long time. Mm -hmm. I haven't bought it. I probably okay. will now. But um, I'm just so intrigued by it. So you just said you probably will. So you started to allude to your thoughts. What were your what was your take while watching Fantastic Planet? No, I buy movies I hate all the time. Um, I didn't really know what we were getting into <laughs> so but that's not a bad thing um i i liked it um 
you know, don't go in. I know that Pixar makes movies for adults that kids can watch. Yes. But don't, like, expect something like that. Um, you know, you messaged me about cartoon nudity, and I was like, oh, my God, what did we get ourselves into? Um, but it should I- be noted that the movie's rated PG, um, despite the excessive amount of animated boobs, but there is no... There's no actual, like, sexuality in that way. Like, there's no um, there's no sex scene or anything in the film. So uh, there is some implications of, like, reproduction, but there's no, there's no, like, graphic sex or anything like that. If this were made now, there would be probably tons of graphic cartoon sex. Um, but instead, it's just, it's just the women are either partially topless or topless um, or, like, uh, no, like like the old lady, human lady boy, her uh, her pointy <laughs> boobs, they are just hanging out. Baggy. They're just out there. <laughs> oh my god! It made me think of what was that? The last unicorn. Ah uh, yes, which uh, by the way, Mia Farrow in the last unicorn. Well. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> Look at me. I watched one more of her movies than I thought I had. Um, I've maybe watched more guys. I don't know, but I liked it. I think it's very strange. But I think that I've never seen a movie like it before. Yeah, um, a lot of the stuff I read about it, uh, this is definitely a movie that people who do drugs like to watch when they're on drugs. Um, I did not do any drugs in, in watching <laughs> this, but uh, I, think I, had a I definitely, my understanding of what people experience while on drugs, I could totally see why this movie might appeal to that or could be terrifying to that, depending, uh, I guess, on... yes. But um, I also very much enjoyed this. Um, at first, I didn't think there was going to be a plot. And then there is a plot. And I thought the plot was very interesting. Um, as far as, like, I, I thought it was just going to be kind of more of, like, vignettes of, like, crazy things happening. Because that's kind of how it feels at the beginning. Um, and you, uh, you you do have a narrator. And you realize the narrator is the uh, pet slash human named Tara. Um, and it's, like, the adult version of that character um i think they said the human humans lives are like 15 years of like one day or something of the of the big blue people um whose names i am now forgetting i can't think of what they're called drugs and then ums um and it should be noted the fantastic planet is called uh thanit savage or something like that in french It's, it's essentially savage planet or wild planet um which they say they never say fantastic planet in the movie. They do say wild planet. Um, but America, you know, it has to be fantastic. Um, uh, I didn't know Coolio would do the theme song. No, I'm joking. Um, that's fantastic. Vo- uh, voyage. Um, right. Whatever. Um, slide, slide, slippity slide. So, uh, I, I love the look of this movie at the very least. And then I was drawn into the story um, I wanted to see where things were going to go. I wasn't expecting it to go where it goes. And uh, there's a lot of different interpretations of this film. We won't get into that just yet. Um, I watched, I think I watched the video or I might've read an article. I can't remember which one I did for this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there because this movie is well-regarded. It's very old now, um, almost 50 years old. Uh, two more years, it'll be 50 years old. Um which will be interesting to see if they do any kind of special screenings or something. Cause I'd love to see this on the big screen. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, 
And it's it's one of those movies that I also had I'd heard about. I'd seen the box a dozen times because the art is so arresting. Um, and I, I mean, the creature design is really, really cool. It's it's a uh, I think I read an article. I think it, it said that, like, it's a fully realized sci fi world. And I completely agree with that. I just it felt so lived in and and thought out and even though you weren't getting all of the details you kind of just know they're there like you, even if you you're not being told stuff you just like no no that all makes sense it all it is all uh established and part of it and um man yeah I, i'm i'm definitely a fan of this movie it's it's definitely probable uh, i will be picking it up at some point depending on what other criterion collections August. come out because there's other stuff i want um yeah my birthday is around the corner um I'll be 39. Oh my god. Um anywho, let's uh let's get into spoilers. Guys, from here on out, we are gonna talk about the movie Fantastic Planet from 1973 in great detail. You have been warned. So I uh the two main allegories that I read, one I don't feel like is an allegory, it's more of less like a one for one, is that it's about animal rights. Um, because Tara is a pet and how they treat their pets and, and this whole kind of like zoo, like, um, or expendable, like, uh, you know, they're just animals. We can kill them if we don't, if they're a nuisance kind of thing. Um, and p- people not feeling like that's okay. Um, what were you about? I was going to say that I was having some problems watching this movie. I was like, oh my God, I have four cats. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Like, mm. you know, like, I don't make my cats do tricks, guys. I mean, they're cats. They do what they want. But they are they have them doing a lot of things like that in the movie. And I was, I, I can totally see that, Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one's a, a much more direct, like, parallel. Uh, it's not, not to say it's not a valid interpretation at all, because it's def. I just think it's, like, it's so there. It what's happening. Um, that it's not... It's not outrageous where the other one is, again, it's still there, but it's more allegorical. I think in the, uh, the general sense of it being about the, uh, about oppression as a collective, whether that's animals or people, um, you know, there's the whole, uh, essentially they attempt genocide on the, the ohms and, um, the, the ohms like retaliating and killing the one is uh, the one drog is, is pretty brutal. Um, and kind of out of nowhere. Like I didn't see that. I mean, I'm not surprised that it happens, but I didn't see them being able to do it. Cause it very much has like a Robinson Caruso, like all these little people pulling down the giant and, uh, taking them out that way. I was just like, wow, that's, that's kind of nuts. Um, and you know, tear, I love to me, the thing that as a teacher, I think, especially, I love that it's the knowledge that the drugs have, that they are suddenly able to get that, that encourages them to fight for their, their rights and to not just be insects. It's again, that, you know, it's that empowerment of knowledge. Um, why I like, I think you, there's such, there's so many debates happening in our society right now, but one that's really being pushed is that the first amendment is the most important because that's where real change happens is with people speaking out and being able to, to argue for their, their causes and their sides. And I think, in that in fantastic planet it's when terror steals the 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 mind school thing yeah the headset brings it to the other ohms and they start using it and that's when they really start caring and keep in mind too the wizard of the first group that he's with doesn't want them to get smarter 
because when people get smarter, they challenge the leadership. They question the authority because they're like, wait a minute, I think you're ruling just for yourself, guy. And so that whole idea of like rebellion and, and stuff is so, so embedded. And as a person who values knowledge and values people wanting to improve, looking to learn more, looking to better themselves, I really found that part of the movie so compelling and what hooked me in uh, so much because I, I just think it's it's obviously very relevant right now. Um, we are in the midst of many, I think many, many different kind of little pockets of rebellion of people realizing that things weren't as good as they thought and starting to speak out about that. And I think that movie, the, this movie as among many, many movies do this too, mind you. It's not like this one is the best at it, but it's, it's definitely one of the more innovative ones about it, right? Cause it's this, it's sci-fi is a great genre to do that. It lends itself to allegory. And I think in uh, animation also does because there's no limitations to what you can do where like imagine trying to do this movie live action, how hard it would be, right? Like it would either all have to be computer generated, which is questionable if it's live action or it would require so much in the budget because you have to have like the force perspective to make the people look giant like they did with Lord of the Rings to make Gandalf tower over the hobbits. Oh. And right. And it's, it's so much. And then again, the planets and the colors and the, the costuming, um, drawing people naked is not as in invasive as asking a person to stand there naked. You know what I mean? Like you're not infringing on somebody or, or potentially um, exploiting them where, you know, cause these animated figures aren't even like, yes, they are, they're topless, but they aren't actually people. They're drawings of people and they don't fully resemble people, right? The drugs who um, all of their women, I think their boobs are just like, cut out of their clothing is like you know what i'm saying like it's like i think that it's clothes i'm not actually sure it's clothes because there's a sequence where they like are merging bodies and their clothes change so they may not be clothes it may just be like patterns on their skin i don't really understand the drugs way of life but um i just found all of it to be very very compelling and uh interesting um even uh, I think there's even a counter to the knowledge. Like the drugs are so knowledgeable that they come off as robotic and uh, unhuman, right? Like uh, uncaring, un uncompassion or incompassionate. Is that a word? Not compassionate. Um, and you know, so there's like the counter side to it is like there has to be a balance of of emotion and intellect. It can't just be one or the other. Um, and I, I like that sentiment. So. I don't know what. What about you? What were any specific moments or scenes that stood out to you? Um. So I really liked that. I mean, someone is murdered, but I felt like the opening to the movie was really um effective. Uh, oh we, yeah. We kind of got right away exactly what this is that um she's trying to run away with her baby. It's a is it uh, om um yeah um, I think I don't. Om, so I say om. Um, is trying to run away with their baby, and these huge blue creatures are like they keep pin picking her up and trapping her, not letting her get away. And she drops her baby, and they pick her up, and then they make they drop her, and she dies. And then we find out that these are the children of, you know, the drugs. And I don't know. I just felt like that was very, um, very effective. I did like, um. Mm. Oh, what was her name? Is it Kaiwa? Was she the yeah the the, the one who takes 
re- like uh yeah i guess you could say that rescues um tear names tear as well um she's she's not as awful as the rest of them but you know i don't know makes him just play and play and play and entertain her i do really like some of the weird scenes that they put into the movie like with the different alien animals i don't know the correct term you know just like they're it's like they're not necessary for the story necessarily but they really set you know the environment i guess Mm -hmm. so i don't know i thought there were a lot of cool added scenes um yeah part of the world building like like i was saying earlier that's just the world just feels lived in yeah, and just like you were saying, the animation is beautiful in this. So we we kind of talked about it last week that it was all female um, illustrators, and I didn't really see anything about that. But a video that I was watching was talking about how these are paper cutouts that they move around and stuff. So I don't really. Yeah, so I want to do some more. Um, Like, I really want to find out about this. And that supposedly the lead artist, I think, and the director, like, outsourced to a different country, I think. Interesting. Yeah, so I want to do more digging to learn about what really happened here, because those are both very, you know. Yeah, I need to um, also watch, like, I didn't get to watch very many, like, analysis videos or anything for this one, and I definitely want to. I feel like there's a lot of stuff. I mean, this movie is pretty iconic and it's been around for so long i'm sure there's tons of stuff to uh to learn about that i haven't even started to get into you know what i'm saying so i just I definitely uh yeah go ahead i'm sorry oh uh, no that's fine i i'm i'm not done exploring this film for sure um the music is cool i don't think that it's necessarily music that i would listen to outside of the movie if that makes sense but i think that it's good in the movie yeah, I, I I like the score. Um, I don't do a lot of scores, like outside of the movies. Anyways, I've tried. I I like lyrics too much. Um, so I tend to get like kind of distracted if there's no words. Um, which That's is sometimes the point. Like not not just dist- I guess distract is the wrong word. I I lose interest is what I guess I mean. I get distracted from the music, not by the music. Words oh, okay. distract me. Like if I am trying to write or something words distract me and is not good if i am uh wanting to listen to music scores bore me so i need lyrics to kind of keep me hooked um i will agree with you but i do love to listen to scores when i'm working because i'm always afraid i'm going to type the lyrics because i do a lot of typing for my job (laughs) i (laughs) i sometimes like i actually prefer like i'll do like the vitamin string quartet um stuff in the background uh they also they've done a lot of movie stuff and i will listen to those um i just some scores i only like certain parts of the score you know what i'm saying like i like this song and so i haven't sat and like made a playlist and i don't know how that would flow if like you were went from like a star wars song into like the batman theme song or something like i don't (laughs) know if those would gel um or if it would just feel like you're being you know assaulted by an orchestra um I don't know. I, I've just never really gotten it. And again, that's not a criticism of other people. And I'm not trying to, it's just never been my go to thing. Um, 
Well, I know like a lot of <laughs> film critics, especially, will say they listen to scores all the time. And I'm just like, really? I've never I, been compelled to do that. I have definitely listened to some scores that I really love. One of my favorite to listen to when I'm working is Blade Runner 2049. Ooh, that's a good one. It's a real good one. Um, so like, but I, if I wasn't working, I probably wouldn't listen to too many scores. Sometimes I'll throw one on my record player, but I see what you're saying. Like, I won't listen to like a regular instrumental song when I'm like trying to just listen to music. Yeah. That, and that's why I don't like a lot of like bands that are, uh, solo bands, you know, where they do a lot of solos or like they go on like a 10 minute instrumental kind of run. No offense. I don't like Pink Floyd for that reason. Cause I feel like the songs are way too long. Like I like a three minute, four minute song in and out. Some Give of those me a, long songs you know, are good though. I'm, sh- I'm not even saying they're not good. I just, that's not my vibe. Not hold. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like uptempo music. I, and again, it's not even to say, it's not that I don't like other music it's just when i go to listen to something i know exactly what i'm looking for mm-hmm. i like lyrics um i like i like the straightforward you know i like a verse chorus verse chorus bridge end with a chorus or another verse i'm like that's kind of my vibe i like it up tempo um i have i'm all over the place with the lyrical content like i i can do a political song i can do a uh you know meaningless song i can do anything in between you know i like i like all of that and genre wise i would say i'm pretty open now i wouldn't say i like everything but I'm definitely open to listening. Like I old me was very, this is my wheelhouse and everything else is bad. New me is like, I'm willing to give it a go. If I, if it clicks, I'm going to keep going to it. Uh, my current favorite thing is Kayflay. I think she's amazing. Her, her lyrics are fantastic. She, she's got a blend of genres. That's where I go right now for music. That is like my default. I do. I, I am more aware of score now, but for a long time, if a score stood out to me, if I was like, oh, the score, it was usually a negative thing because I found it distracting. Like it was it, like the one I always go to is it follows a, a score that so many people rave about. So but for me, felt so on top of the movie. Yeah, that I was constantly like aware of it. And I'm like, I'm usually not aware of scores. Like, I mean, I love John Williams. I think John Williams is brilliant and I do hear his music, but his music always just feels like it's part of the world. Like I don't feel like it's not supposed to be there. And that to me, it follows felt like they were just like, here's the movie and here's a loud synth score. Just I'm like, ah, stop. Like I get it. Scary music. Chill out. Um, everyone else obviously disagrees with that. That take that score is beloved for me. It was just over. And to be fair, probably one of the first movies I watched with headphones as like a stereo headphone experience. So maybe that was the, the reason. Cause it was like literally in my ears. Um, but I, man, I was so like annoyed with that. I, I didn't like anything of that movie though. So that might just be the whole experience. It was just like, whatever stupid movie. That's an allegory for AIDS um, or any sexually transmitted disease. Um, I still think that movie's so overrated, but anywho, we're not talking about that. We're talking about fantastic planet. It is a short movie. Uh, what? 72 minutes. I think. I think so. Um, so there, there's the not week. a lot. Of, yeah. Yeah, uh, not a lot of plot um, to have to to flesh out. There's a rebellion. Um, they they build rockets. They go up to the planet. Uh, <laughs> All the sex so, scenes, if you want to call them that, are very interesting in this movie. Yeah, because they're dancing, right? Like, it's not really sex. It, it is so implied the, that it's sex. but dra- dra- Drugs. Uh, yes. They, they get to the wild planet, which is the moon that circles the planet. 
and uh, they they think they're escaping the drugs, and only to find out that this is where the drugs go to get get down. Um, <laughs> with other drugs from somewhere else is the implication. It's not the While same. Like meditating. Yes, the me- quote unquote meditating, which is I feel Are like that's a euphemism, anyways. When they're meditating. That's what, don't disturb your mother when she's meditating is a line in this movie at the beginning of the film. I had forgotten about that. Goodbye. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, so, yeah, Which- uh, I totally think it's a euphemism. Uh, and I think that's a euphemism of like today. Like, hey, I got to meditate in the morning. It's like, mm, all right, dude. Meditation with quotation marks. Um, but so they, they it's like the drugs from the planet that we're with are meeting with drugs from somewhere else is what they said um it's like from another area another galaxy another system i can't remember the exact verbiage they use but yeah so like that's apparently how they reproduce is uh with surrogate bodies because they're like floating meditation orb is like the head Ugh. of an actual like statuesque body that are gig- as bigger than the drugs i guess and uh they start shooting those bodies oh, and man that part's funny like the drugs it's dark it's not supposed to be funny but i couldn't help but laugh at like because again the implication they're they're dancing like to be fair it's not sexual in like it's not people like just humping or something like that is it is two statues with orb heads like slow dance not even slow dancing i don't know what the type of dancing is called but they're like you know interlocked and like spinning around and dancing no music uh at least there's no there's probably a score, but there's no like. It's not like you hear like a song that sounds like they'd be dancing to, um, or maybe you do. I don't remember. It was a few days ago. Um, I in the scene with the uh, ohms when they mm-hmm. are, you know, I, what I'm only assuming they're running to the trees together and they're glowing. So. Ah um, uh, yes. I feel. Oh like- yeah, because they 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 eat something, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and the girls take off their clothes and then the guys chase after them. Yeah, it's very uh it's very seventies kind of like So hippie. I don't know. Yeah, well like the men are like chasing the women down essentially. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like, okay, we're naked now, but we're gonna run. It's like, oh I'm gonna get you. And it's like, oh, that's kind of dark when you think of it. I thought they were like um, holding hands and running off. Maybe I I feel like the women went first. I feel like all the female characters okay. run off. I could be wrong. Again, I've only seen this once, so have you, uh, and it was a couple of days ago, but I feel like I I remember thinking, that's kind of messed up in today's society, Dang. but at the time, it's not written that way. It's not written like, the, the women are playfully running away. It's not it's not done as though it's dark, so like, let's not, I'm reading into it more than it was intended, you know what I'm saying? I'm putting today's eyes on a movie that was definitely not intended to be like the the men are raping the women, but it is noted that the women get naked and the men don't, right? Like, all the women, they eat whatever it is. It was like a little, like a bug or something, right? Like, I don't know. They all start glowing, like you said. I don't know. And the the wizard's giving, like, giving it to everybody. Which, what about the wizard's hat? It's like a squid? Like, it looks like a, like he has a dead squid on his head? Um... It was very weird to me. I was like, well, that looks weird. I think that it's interesting, too, because, like, there are different uh, groups of ohms, and they're, like, quarreling, quarreling, and then they also have yes. to worry about the drugs. The drugs, like, go in and try to exterminate them. I thought that the... I don't think it's cool they were exterminating 
people, of course, but like just again with like their creatures or their machines that they were using to do it with, um, and like shooting out things and expelling well, gas. I, I do, I do want to talk about the the movie quality of that because here's the thing. The first time we see them attempt a genocide, they're just launching little like Tide Pods into uh, all their houses and like it's just steaming. It's like they're gassing them, which is dark as crap, right? But very efficient and simple. The next time they're committing genocide, there's like 20 different things happening. Like there's like ships with like like basically it's it's ants with a magnifying glass, but it's just like a, a spotlight that kills them. But that was like it reminded me like kids with ants and like a magnifying glass burning the ants or whatever. And then there's like they're like uh, corn plows, you know, like have you ever seen in like movies where like, there's the the big machine that plows the corn, like in Son in Law. I know you've seen Son in Law. Yeah, I was just about um, to say, it's like that, right? Like they're just like running them over and they're just like piling up, and I'm like, okay, why is like why aren't you just using the gas again? Like what? Why are we like we've got like four different systems <laughs> well, in place here? We've seen the gas very effective. Granted, it it people did escape, but. Like this system seems way more random and like kind of uh, much more cruel because it's just everything. Well, like there's so many other things going on. They think that the the ohms don't have any feelings that they don't have. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, I I feel like I don't know. They just look down on them so much, and that they're just there Definitely. for their entertainment. So they couldn't possibly be you know multi-dimensional you know that, that beings. that's but part of end... like both of those oh yeah well and that goes back to the allegory mm-hmm. um the no no go ahead oh the end so they're they're finally learning that the ohms can hold their own and come get them because what happened they killed some of Something didn't something happen where they killed some of the drugs? They didn't just kill one because I remember that we were in that auditorium where they hold these meetings, and it was much, much less full well, they, than before. Was it the statues? We only we see them kill the statues, but that's that's at the the very end of the movie. Um, but it does lead to like the peace. Uh, you know, the rebellion is stopped because they offer like a peace treaty, and they get their own. Uh, mechanical version of the wild planet that's like they're they build a second moon for the humans that they named terra um yeah it's you only see them kill one drug though and then it it could be uh, other than like blowing up the statues i think that they were that those drugs are like lost or something on i don't know i thought that they i don't know couldn't get back or something again just watched it once yeah whatever which drug are you talking about the one that they killed well no because like we keep seeing throughout the movie that they're in this auditorium holding these meetings talking about them and i love how they talk about how they just keep breeding and they breed so fast and blah 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 and the drugs Mm -hmm. don't have that many children but um at the end i thought i do feel like they packed a lot into the very last few minutes because i think like they tied up a lot of loose ends in only like six or seven minutes is what i checked and um, th- then at the auditorium, right before they decide that they're going to make peace with them, that there were a lot less drugs in there. So that's possible. I mean, it could be like I think you could see that same thing happening. Um, if you were to, like watch C-SPAN, like some days there's a bunch of people there to like listen to Congress or whatever. 
and other days there's like nobody depending on what what's on the agenda you know what i'm saying like Word. when everyone was really mad or freaking out everyone was there because they wanted to voice their opinions but now peace is happening like yeah yeah whatever it's fine um that i mean that's just a theory but that could be the case uh because that was it was very much like a government type meeting right like the like there was the table and then everyone else was just the spectators watching or like voicing their concerns but the decisions were being made in the center um of the room kind of thing or i don't i feel like they were projecting themselves from another location but whatever they yeah. were social distancing <laughs> um i i'm good uh you got anything else you want to say or are you ready to give a rating i'm ready i i'm i'm not willing to go all the way to must see for this i think it's not quite golden i think uh it's not essential viewing but it's definitely really cool and i think it's worth checking out i don't know that i don't think it's gonna vibe for everybody if you're a big sci-fi person if you like animated mm. movies i think it's definitely for you um and that's where i'm at like i do like animated films i'm actually i think i'm growing to like animated films more and more as we explore uh as i've explored film just in the last you know six years in the way that i have been doing um and I definitely have really, I, I think I've always liked sci-fi, but I think I've kind of latched on to sci-fi a little bit more as a genre that I really appreciate. So this movie just clicked a lot of those buttons for me, but I also could see it just weirding people out. You know, if you're not into sci-fi, if you're not into animated movies, this movie's wacky and crazy. It, it's it's not going to click for everyone. So I I'm it. comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I um, don't really care if it doesn't vibe with everyone. I do agree. I am going to go with must-see film because I'm still thinking about this movie. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't. Um, I went, when I was sitting down to record, I was like, wait, what movie are we talking about? I, oh, yeah. But, you what? know, it's been a busy week. Yeah, It's been true. a busy week. So um, just a lot of stuff on my mind that it, was, it wasn't immediately like, oh, yeah, we're talking about Fantastic Planet. I was um, just... But, it's still, am I a horrible person for having pets? <laughs> like, am I terrible? I think that's always a debate. Um, I think it. I think we try to treat our pets pretty well, and so no, I, I, I don't think we are. Um, I do get what you're saying, but they have a lot of freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like our pets, like I don't know. It is scary because uh, I have that same awareness that you're referring to, though. That like, like. They ha they think they're happy because they've only known this world. But would they be happier if they knew true freedom, where they could explore anywhere? And and then you could also argue, well, what if they true they could know true hunger? Like my cat freaks out if she hasn't had treats in two hours. Um, you know, what I'm saying like, would she be okay if she's just like having to hunt for food and water? Uh, I, if their water dish runs empty, you should see the death stare I get from my cat. She yeah. is like the most loving cat in Ramona? the world until there's. Oh no, Bella. Bella. No, Ramona's like I think Ramona would just slit our throat and drink the blood. Like oh uh she's a fighter. Uh Bella's more of a, a prim little princess. She wants to she wants her stuff. She like in her me. water dish she's like, if it's not even empty, like if it's a little too low for her, she's like, um excuse me. I have to reach down. Like, what is going on? And my neck. Um She used to yeah. sleep in between folded blanket piles. Oh yeah, she still does. Oh, I love it. Yeah. She's super spoiled. And also, I mean, our pets live much longer lives as indoor pets than if they were outdoor. Yeah. And I, I don't know how many times we've we've spent money we don't have on oh, medication geez. for them and stuff like that. So 
Maybe. I, I feel like they're taken care of. But on the other hand, um, there's it, it's it's a debate, and I totally can see where other the other side is coming from. But we, I think, again, our intentions are positive. So, okay. and I, I'd say like my wife's and her dog, for example, uh, have maybe an unhealthy relationship. Uh, they're oh, way too Frankie. close. So. <laughs> Um, he gets to sit know. in the front seat, y'all. I remember Taylor would sit in the back. <laughs> uh, well, that was, I mean, to be fair, like, there's, until a certain age, the kid is supposed to Oh, be. guys, I forget that because I'm not a parent. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, anywho, that's our review of Fantastic Planet, or the Planet Savage, or whatever the French name is. Um, it is, I watched it on HBO Max, which I think is where you watched it as well. Yes. And it's probably, I don't know this, but I assume it's probably on the Criterion channel if you subscribe to it there. It is, of course, on the Criterion Blu-ray and probably DVD. Um, one that Corey and I will probably add to our collection because we thought it was really interesting. And it's got really cool art uh, both on the box and in the movie. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts if you watch Fantastic Planet or on any of the movies that we're watching. Uh, you can reach out to us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And next week, we're going to be talking about Box Trolls, which I am super excited because that is the only Leica film I have not seen. And uh, that will be checked off of that list. And I will be, as we have noted, a completionist again of the Leica films. Um, I I love uh, all of their other movies. I would say my least favorite is the movie we're watching the week after uh, Missing Link. But to note, by least favorite, that is not a criticism. It's just those movies are excellent. And um I, and you and I, we did Coraline a few years back. It was one of our early episodes of Movie Club, if I remember correctly. And um, I like Coraline. I don't like it as much as a lot of other people. And I have had people get very mad at me about that take. I love Kubo and the Two Strings, though. That movie clicked for me really, really hard. I think it's one of the most gorgeous animated films I've ever seen. Um, I do have issues with some of the voice casting. Uh, I love the, I think they do great, a great job in the movie. But as far as like it, it's pretty whitewashed for a movie that's set very in a fictional world, but nevertheless, clearly Asian inspired uh, culture and casting like McConaughey, who is about as far away from being Asian as possible, uh, as in that he's super white, like he's such a white dude, like it is, you know, voice or not, you can hear the whiteness when he talks kind of thing, you know, what I'm saying like it is that uh, bad, but I love that movie. Uh, and I'm really excited for Box Trolls because I don't know if you know this. But Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are both voices in this movie, and I'm a big fan of both of those guys. Um, in fact, I think it's worth uh, noting the cast real quick before we we uh, sign off completely, um, because there are some big big names in this cast. I, I've never seen it. Um, I have owned it now for a few years. I, I bought a box set of the Leica, the original three Leica films for Taylor, Coraline, Box Trolls, and Paranorman. And I just never got around to box trolls. But Ben Kingsley, Jared Harris, Nick Frost, Richard Ayoyati, who I am a big fan of. I find him very, very funny. Um, Steve Blum. I was told Simon Pegg is in this, and I'm not seeing him high in the cast. So either he's barely in it or I was mistaken. Um, Elle Fanning's in this movie, uh, who I'm always a fan of. Um, Tony Collette. Oh, there he is. He's down there. Simon Pegg. Way, way down on the list there, but he's in the movie. So I was not lied to. Um, and that's what, uh, we, we own this, uh, as I mentioned, so that's how we'll be watching it. I don't know that it's available, uh, on anything to watch for free, 
But man, Laika's claymation and is, is just so good. I'm so stoked to check this movie out. Um, what we ask, though, is if you like the podcast, if you take a minute and uh, rate and review us on whatever podcast service you utilize, that will greatly help us um, to get new listeners. And that is important because that's how we continue to grow this podcast. So uh, we ask... Again, you take that time, give us the five-star rating, maybe a little comment, and even share the episodes out on your social media so that other people see what we're doing. Uh, we've been doing this podcast for quite some time now, um, and we, we love doing it because every week we get to check off a movie that we've never seen before, and I don't know that I would do that if it wasn't for shows like this. So, Corey, thank you for giving me that time of yours every week to do this. Thank you for having me here. And we'll be back next week with our review of Box Trolls. Until next time. Keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com.